Hello and welcome to Beer and Money, a financial fireside chat for professionals. We work to simplify your finances so you can enjoy your life. Now here are your hosts, Ryan Burklow and Alex Collins. Hello everybody, welcome back to Beer and Money. I am your host, Ryan Burklow. With me as always, my co-host, Alexander Collins. It's good to see you, buddy. Yeah. It was some nice time off for me. That was a, a good break. And uh, I didn't get to see your ugly mug, at least for a week. So that was even better. <laughs> uh, yes. For those of you who are new, uh, this is a podcast all about talking about money and, and simplifying it and hopefully engaging you in a way that um, – that has you want to talk about money. Money is a taboo topic. We don't like talking about it. It's stressful. And we want to open that up, not for the purpose of money grubbing or taking this from a negative standpoint of money is all that matters, but more from a standpoint of if the stress is lowered because you have a better understanding of it, then you get to live the life that you want to live. And it started the Beer and Money title started from a seminar that we held at a local company here in Seattle. And uh, we came in and we wanted to do just a, a seminar talking about money. And we wanted to buy everyone a beer, make it relaxing, make it engaging. We called it Beer and Money. Afterwards, they came up to us and said, hey, did you record that? We said, what do you mean? <laughs> well, why would we do that? <laughs> So we decided to uh, take that and run with it. And so we figured a podcast would be a great step for that. So thanks for joining us today. Speaking of seminar that we held at a local company, that's really the topic of today. It's, it's financial wellness programs. And they started, they started to get popular. And I think they kind of stopped getting popular. And that's just my take on it. I have no proof. Alex, what's your take on that? I we're still seeing them pop up more and more and more. Um, but yeah, they, they, they seem to, they don't seem to be the hot Vogue topic that they were like maybe two years ago. Um, but everyone seems to, to like it started to become a expected offering at, at, at least at bigger firms. I think an expected offering might be part of it. I think it also became, uh, I think to your point, what you were just saying is it, it became uh, the thing to talk about at some point, and then it, it's no longer the thing to talk about. And it, liability issues may creep up for for maybe some of the bigger companies, or maybe even for some of the smaller companies. And it that all goes to I think the design of the program, right? The financial wellness program and the the way which we work with it is more of, look, let's just have a conversation and educate you on how money operates not to come in and give specific advice to you because we know nothing about the individual employees yeah exactly it's um it, it it's exactly what it is what it talks about like the financial wellness program so providing access to financial professionals so that you can have that one-on-one -on -one conversation uh, but also just you know access to tools and resources and information to, to help educate people in, in, in such a way that, uh, you know, helps, helps promote 
good financial health, health and hygiene. Yeah, and the purpose of it really is, even though we live in an age of, you can always go find a bunch of information on a topic, money, that particular topic, you can go out and get a thousand different opinions on a, a specific insurance item, investment opportunity, but when it comes to just understanding how it all comes together and and figuring out how does that relate to my personal situation, that's the difficult part. Yeah, well, and, I mean, think about it from this standpoint. If, if you're an employer and you've got an employee that is struggling with financial a financial situation, that that has a tendency of being all-consuming. It's going to affect their personal life. It's going to affect their business life. It's going to affect their focus. It, it's going to massively um, affect their ability to perform their job at a high level. Um, and the, when we when you start digging into some of the numbers, um, the amount of people that are either A, living paycheck to paycheck, or B, having some amount of financial stressor in their life is just absolutely huge. And this is where that the, the concept of the financial wellness program originally came from. And another piece of this is a lot of times your HR department or even the owner, sometimes the owner wills, wears the HR department hat as well, you know, if you're offering some sort of retirement plan for your employees, your employees actually come to you for some financial advice sometimes. It may not be specific to their situation because oftentimes you're not going to go to your, your employer and say, hey, I'm looking to refinance my home. What do you think of this? It's more of, hey, I, I, the retirement plan that you offered me, can you tell me a little bit more about the investments? Can you tell me a little bit more about you know, what, how much I should be contributing towards that account. And those are questions that the HR profession has to, has to deal with or the owner. And so if you can shed some of that off and allow financial professionals to take some of those questions on or provide some guidance around that, that opens up some more opportunity for your employees uh, to not only be uh, more fiscally, uh, financially maybe savvy, but also allows them to maybe enjoy their job a little bit more, maybe be more productive as well as be maybe, you know, a, a better spouse when they get home because the stress is no longer or not as high as it used to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, the, the benefits of these types of programs are, uh, are immense in terms of productivity and, and uh, just health and wellness of the, of the person, not just financial, but, physically, mentally, spiritually, et cetera. So I think we've discussed you know, a lot of the pros as to why the wellness programs, if offered correctly, work. Um, and that's the big caveat. And I think that might be one of the, that's really the biggest point, I think, of this episode is how do you implement it and implement it in such a way that your employees actually engage? Otherwise, it's just wasted time. Yeah, uh, th this is really the, the biggest question um, that employers who are looking at this type of plan have to have to ask themselves or, you know, trying to trying to understand uh, what the cost is and, and how to structure it. Um, what we found is, is the most successful is 
programs that are led and introduced by the the top of the company. Um, so whether that's a, a 2,000 person company or whether it's a two person company, you know, having it come from the from the top um, and then you know have it be structured in multiple different uh, different avenues. So you know, allow for a lecture series, allow for lunch and learns, allow for um, just educational information and then just uh, provide uh, providing contact information for the financial professionals um, so that the employees can reach out to them at their own time so that they don't feel like they are you know divulging private or confidential informa information in a group setting or asking questions that they don't want asked in a group setting uh, those types of things so it really has to be a multi-layered approach to, to to truly be successful um, and without the without the top layer of the company really buying in, it, it's it's unlikely for it to be worthwhile to, to actually implement. Yeah, the it starts there, and then the, the next step is what is what is it, what it is that you're sharing. So oftentimes the you know the, the company that might be coming in to provide the financial wellness program, if they can get an understanding of what the company's benefit offerings are. Mm -hmm. uh, and tying that into the employees, that's a huge, huge relationship build. Like imagine being an employee and the person comes in and actually understands your benefits that you personally have and then relays it to a financial situation that you can actually see as being your own. That is huge. Just that small little piece there is an extra step rather than coming in with this stereotypical like financial blah, blah, blah because that's what most of us hear is blah, blah, blah. That's that's the technical term, Alex. It, it allows the people to engage. And it's even harder nowadays because, you know, you and I, we're having to do it virtually. Right. And we've been, we've been doing it virtually. So from our business standpoint, this hasn't affected us too much, um, luckily, because we've been doing this really since 2014. Right. So, um, but for a lot of companies, they've had to completely transition how they're doing the wellness programs because now it's all virtual and engaging someone over a computer screen is way different than engaging oh, someone face to face. For sure, for sure. Um, and my, I, you know, this might be dating myself a little bit, but uh, you know, my favorite version of that is always the uh, the peanuts teacher. You know, Anybody who's like our age or older, like knows instantly what that, what that is. So, yep. um, but yeah. And, and I mean, so much of it is, is again, that commitment by the, the top level of, of folks to drive engagement and make sure that there's, uh, that there's uh, proper recognition going out ahead of time, um, whether that's uh, surveys or, making sure that we're engaging with the leadership team, making sure that we're engaging with the employees to get a sense of what they're after and what they actually want to have their wellness plan program do for them. Because the, the wellness is wellness programs are, are often created in a one size fits all structure and rarely actually are. Like every company is unique. Every group has a 
unique set of circumstances. And so the, the better it can be tailored to that group, the more adoption there's going to be, the, the, the better impact it's going to have, the more value it's going to drive. Yeah. And I just want to throw out a, a, a possible differentiator. Um, it just kind of hit me that oftentimes when we're talking to some of the employees and we, we ask them, you know, do, do you all have a financial wellness program? We start talking about where they're, they're getting some of their advice from before talking to us. And it's the 401k person that's coming in, right? That's kind of the default financial wellness program for a lot of companies. And I'm not saying that that's good or bad outside of you, the owner and you, the employee, what are they coming in to talk about? Are they, are they only coming to talk about the 401k? Are they actually coming in and doing uh, some financial conversation and making it more holistic about how money really works, not just about, you know, how much money you're contributing to that, that account. Right. Well, and it's, it, this is, you know, likely where some of this type of pushback against these types of programs came from is that uh, um, it, it wasn't necessarily implemented with a employee centric concept. It was more, Hey, how do we sell product um, instead of how do we educate or how do we teach? How do we inform? How do we how do we better take care of of uh, of our employees and, and be a, a better steward for for our company? Yep. And then the last thing, and maybe one of the more important um, takeaways I think employees need to have inside of a financial wellness program is the the access to software where after they hear the information how can they take that and then put that into their their personal situation and have action steps and sometimes mm -hmm. software allows people to do that like we we have a software that we call wealth steps that allows um an employee to log in and start giving the software some of the the employee's data and it, the software it like we never get access to the data, neither do their employer. It's a software that just spits out some information to the employee that has them look at their finances from a 30,000 foot view look, but it's from a look that they've, they've never looked at because they're only looking at their finances from a standpoint of, crap, I've got this credit card bill or amount owed that I've been trying to get paid off. What's the best way to approach that? Or crap, yeah, I've been yeah. looking at refinancing my home. Should I do that now and maybe bring in some of the other debt? And this takes a more holistic look at everything to help right. them look at those decisions more macro. Yeah, they're they're standing in the forest looking at the different trees that are surrounding them. And when you're in a forest, it's impossible to see the entire forest when you're standing in the middle of it. You really need to, you know, have be up in a helicopter or plane and flying over it to be able to see what it actually looks like from a, as you put it, from a macro picture. Um, and that's, that's one of the designs of, of some of the structure that, that we help create for, for folks is, is really just giving a sense of like, okay, where are we at? Where do we want to go? What are the tools and resources that we have to be able to accomplish that? So the, the three takeaways um, from this episode, Alex, is right. If we're, if we're going to implement a financial wellness program, it starts at the top. Right, you, the, the the top has got to be the the driving force in terms of really showing their employees that hey, we care about you. This is a great step. 
and and being fully invested. Now it might not be fully invested financially, but fully invested from the standpoint of pushing it and and really sharing and having that culture for that. Mm-hmm. Step two is the design of the program, right? The more you can get it designed, I think specific to your employee, the better it's going to come across. Right? Like we would never go into a tech company and try to talk to them about financial planning for their medical practice. Yeah. <laughs> and, and for the vast majority of them, we're also not going to go in with like paper handouts that have been printed. <laughs> right. out. And, like it's, yeah, it's that, it's that type of attention to detail that, you, that you're talking about. And then number three is what's their actionables from those meetings? How do, can they, put that into their personal plan. Sometimes this is access to software, access to financial advisors as well can, can be a piece of that. So those are the three takeaways um, for the episode here. So make sure that uh, if you have any questions, you can visit us at beermoney.net. And uh, at the bottom of that page, you can send us uh, any questions that you may be getting from this, from this episode, as well as the answer to the question of the day, Mr. Collins. The question of the day is, what do you want to get from your financial wellness program? And are you getting it? So head to beerandmoney.net, answer that question for us. Our last episode, not our last episode, but um, several episodes ago, we actually had a couple companies reach out to us in regards to, hey, we we noticed you mentioned you did this beer and money seminar. Do you still kind of do that? Um, So... Uh, feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions about that. Um, as usual, we hope this episode was valuable for you. And Mr. Collins, cheers. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information can, has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Quantified Financial Partners, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Wealth Steps is a service mark of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian. New York, New York, 10004. Copyright 2020, Guardian. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 333, North Indian Hill Boulevard, Claremont, California, 91711, 909-399-1100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, under FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Number 2020-105-413, expiration 07-2022.